For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take, He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. And today we have a special guest, Corey Kinnon, who is stepping in for Alex Gilstrap, who could not be with us tonight. Corey, who is with uh, SI Browns coverage, as well as the analyst and stats perform. Corey, thank you for hopping on here to talk with us a little bit of NFL Draft as we're getting close to the start of the cycle. Yeah, no problem at all. Uh, I'm happy to jump on anytime. I love doing this stuff. So We might have some more appearances from Corey throughout the process, so uh, stay tuned for that. But today we're going to discuss the early declarations for a number of players, some guys that are opting out of their respective bowl games, as well as some surprising names that have made it pretty clear that they are going to be returning to school uh, despite some moderate draft hype and bit of an oddity for them to decide to go back to school. Before we get to that, though, folks, I just want to tell you about our sponsors for today's podcast, which is Bet Online First. We're back uh, with plenty of action uh, across basketball, NHL, and then the NFL season is slowly coming to an end as well as college football. Uh, if you're going to be betting on any of those sports, head to Bet Online, who has a new web interface uh, for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Also, if you're looking for gifts to buy your loved ones during the holiday season, go to Lightbox Jewelry. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of that process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price, so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your 
holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. So guys, we've got things heating up here for the NFL draft. Now's the perfect time to start talking about all this stuff as the senior bowl is not too far away. All some of these other all-star games are not too far away. And we have some non-surprising names that have made it clear that they're going to sit out their bowl game. They're going to be getting ready for the NFL draft. That being Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, uh, Kyle Hamilton, and there's obviously others that can be named, uh, you know, throughout the the group of guys that have made it clear that they're headed to the NFL. I want to hit on those bigger names first. What are the just general impressions? Does are we kind of on the same page here that some of these early declar or these declarations from these guys they make sense? And where do we think that maybe they're going to fit in this class already? Well, I think that I, the only thing I'm surprised about is that there's not more at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at a list, and it's just like most of the guys that have declared their intentions are guys that either are true seniors that had the extra COVID year or redshirt seniors that had the, the also the extra COVID year, so they could have been six-year guys next year. Everybody else, I mean, I think there's kind of you know some miscellaneous juniors and redshirt sophomores kind of put into there, but I'm, I'm a little curious why there's not a higher volume. I, was, I thought that this year especially – uh, with everything that we have seen, the NIL movement and the ability for these players to, you know, kind of look out for their best interest, I thought that there would be a little more movement, a little less guys that are opting out of bowls. I don't think we've seen a, a huge list at this point. I would like to go back and if I can and compare it to last year because I feel like last year was a lot more. But I, I mean, that could just be kind of recency on, on my part. But I mean, mm-hmm. when we're talking about guys like Hamilton and Kayvon. It, Hamilton was a guy that as soon as it happened, he got injured and it was a multi-week thing as a Notre Dame guy. I'm like, I, I just saw the last I've ever going to see about of Kyle Hamilton. And I'm fine with that. And, and it was funny at the end, people were like, Oh, he's, he might have some unfinished business. He might come back to school. All right, dude, he's going to be a top five. Pick. <laughs> Stop it. Stop with that stuff. Kayvon's no surprise. Like none of these guys are surprises uh, at this point. The guys that we've seen declare, I know we're going to talk about a couple guys that maybe took us a little bit off guard, but for the most part, they're, you know, especially Kayvon, who we had written down, and Kyle Hamilton, who we had written down. They're both going top 10. They're both probably going top five. So at the end of the day, neither one of those, especially at the top, surprised me at all. Yeah, I'm the same way. I am interested the the in the same regard that Ryan is, especially looking at the corner class. Like the top three guys we've, we've talked about all year are Derek Stingley, Andrew Booth, Kyer Elam. None of those dudes are playing for anything bowl game wise this year. So it's it's very interesting that. None of those three names that we we haven't heard anything um, from them, and so when we we talk about that, that's like where it's like, oh yeah, there aren't a lot of underclassmen. It's all these dudes who are on their last year of eligibility, these old guys, uh, these <laughs> transfer guys. But the guys that we're expecting, like, oh, these guys aren't playing big big time bowl games. Why are why are we not hearing anything from these guys? Yeah, and it's even like with Washington, right? Like they have obviously a couple great corners, but like Kyler Gordon was not the guy that I thought I would see first to opt out for uh, Washington and declare early Martin Emerson. Like he's, that is curious, Corey. I didn't even look at what just kind of looking at the list of the cornerbacks, those top of the class guys have not made their intention, especially curious on Stingley's situation. Cause I mean, he only played a couple games, didn't play the rest of the season, rehabbing an injury. Is he a guy that might come back? Maybe I'll wait. Is he not officially? Guy. I thought he declared he didn't he declare not on my early declaration list. So I don't think he's made his intentions known at this point. Huh? Weird, That's right? odd. I I, I would have because I remember we talked about it. And I think it was just a general assumption that because his season ended early that he would um, he would end up declaring. I, I don't know. Maybe it makes the most sense that he's just kind of waiting things out. But I, I don't see why he'd want to go back 
for a new head coach that he has no relationship with. Brian and Kelly. He's, who, who wants to go back to Brian Kelly? Right. Right? Especially after that corny ass video that he did with that quarterback. <laughs> thing, Holy crap. My family, what the hell are you doing, dude? Oh you are from God. Boston, Massachusetts. Please stop. <laughs> so if we're talking about uh surprises though, that that's more the direction of I wanted to go in. Every cycle that we have, there's always going to be dudes that you're like, that guy declared, who is this guy? Or why did he not stay for another year and develop a little bit? If he stayed, he might have done a little bit better in the cycle. There's obviously going to be those random players with the COVID eligibility that declare after their four years, and they're not even going to sniff the NFL, or they're just going to get a little bit of, uh, of training camp run, maybe stuff along those lines. But if we're talking surprises, we've got two that you wanted to acknowledge. And Ryan, the first one that you brought up was Martin Emerson from Mississippi State. Why did that one surprise you? Well, we just talked about a little bit and Corey kind of segued to it. Like we haven't seen intentions at all pretty much from the cornerback class, which is expected to be, I don't want to say historical, but one of the better cornerback classes we've seen in in several years now, right? And Martin Emerson's the guy that pops off because he is a true junior. Even Kyler Gordon that I mentioned was a redshirt junior. So he is a fourth-year player. I'm sure that he's probably graduated because I think that he was an early enrollee. Emerson, for me, like you see the flashes. It's nice. He has length. Uh, There's a lot of good things. But in this cornerback class specifically, where we have guys like Stingley and Booth and McCreary and Darian Kendrick and all these dudes, Kyer Elam, there's just so many guys with so many different body types and different styles. I think that Martin Emerson could get lost in the shuffle. And now for a team, you might get a big, big steal somewhere on day three. Because like I said, the kid has tools. There's no doubt about it. I'm just curious why he was a guy that we heard right now as one of the mm-hmm. first early declare cornerbacks. Because I just think that this, there's, I think that some guys are just going to get kind of lost in the shuffle. They're going to fall through cracks in this cornerback class because it's just so good in my opinion. Corey, what are your thoughts on uh, on Emerson deciding to declare? Yeah, it, it, it's peculiar. It's peculiar, especially when we're talking about name, image, and likeness. It's like I yeah. would get it in a, in a previous era when you're like, okay, I just I really want to let's get let's get some money, let's get paid. Right. And of course, you know, in Mississippi State, you're probably in Starksville, you're probably not getting you're you're not reeling in the deals. But uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, I echo what Ryan said. Um, I haven't watched enough of him to give you a, a good analysis of, of him as a player, but I, looking at his body type, though, he's going to be a guy that the NFL is going to love at 6'2", 200 pounds. That's, that's a good body type. So, um, But of all the guys to hear from, to hear from him first is is interesting. Yeah. And we didn't even have it written down, Corey, but like, I love that before our meetings, before our meeting, before our recording started, you mentioned Hendon Hooker as a guy that was coming back um, that we want to talk about. I think for me, like there's not like a ton of quarterbacks that are really guys that I, I feel like are surprises, which is for me, I thought maybe we would see a high level of guys declaring early for quarterbacks. And I would love your, your perception of this, Corey. Like I thought some quarterback quarterbacks would come off the board here a little relatively early. Cause we see a, a, a middling class. It's a little muddy kind of figuring out what the order is. Felt like a guy, like a hand hooker could have been a guy that, you know, comes out, but it's, it seems like, you know, for whatever reason, we, we just aren't getting that quarterback board to fall yet. If that makes sense. Yeah, not yet. Uh, I know you've mentioned a, a guy or two that might declare still that, that you, you might be working on. Um, there's still some LB buzz out there that he might still declare too. But for the most part, it's the guys, the guys you would expect, the Carson Strongs, the Matt Corrals. I 
this is not really a hot take, but Sam Howell didn't play all that well for me to be like, is he for sure coming out? Right. Um, but it makes sense in the QB classes garbage as it is i'm tired of talking about these guys uh that that he would that he would come out uh in this class as well but um it's been the status quo with the quarterback class as well Uh, a guy like hooker is is interesting um i think he probably would have been one of those guys that um addition by subtraction like oh this is a bad class this guy's gonna go top 100 if he declares he does a lot of really good things well i think he's pretty accurate with the football i think he has a good base um that heppel offense doesn't do wonders for any any quarterback but um very interesting and i'm sorry joe i just noticed that i that i jumped ahead a little bit on you i I know the last guy we wanted to mention a guy that i haven't watched a ton of i'm sorry well no i i i don't mind talking a little bit about this quarterback stuff i actually had a before we transition to the other guy that you had actually i had a kind of a question i wanted to throw out there we have an interesting bit where we do have some of these guys coming back but we have a ton of guys at the beginning of the class at the beginning of the year that are now on the transfer portal. Spencer Rattler's going to South Carolina. Bo Nix is in the portal. Uh, Keaton Slovis is in the portal. There's other guys that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head that have entered the transfer portal and that are going to have uh, Dylan Gabriel, that are going to have new homes, possibly in, in bigger opportunities. I'm just curious, in your guys' opinion, are there any of those guys that are transferring that you think in the following class are going to benefit from that? Or are we just still talking about the same crap because it's the same... Uh, dipshits that were supposed to be in the class that weren't that good. Corey, go ahead. Talk, talk about Bonix. <laughs> I want to hear it. I'm not going to talk about Bonix. I loved, I, I, Spencer Rattler was my guy yeah. last summer, man. I was like, if there's one guy in this class, it's Rattler. He's got big time potential. And just because Caleb Williams was a dude doesn't mean Rattler's not a dude. It's true. Um, I don't know if South Carolina is, is going to help him out a whole lot. Um, I mean, Rattler still, I, I, I'm not going to let go of Rattler. Uh, even when he, you know, came in and spot repped for Williams, when Williams would get benched two or three times throughout the year, he did some nice things when he would come in for a series or two. Um, the body of works not, it wasn't there this year for me to be like, oh yeah, Rattler's going to go first round next year though. Um, I mean, there's guys like Jason Brown. I think if you put him in yeah. the right spot, he's got tools, but for the most part, like the Slovis, the Slovis hype's gone. Um, RIP, RIP. Yeah, like it is what it is. So no, that's a, a long-winded way to say no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, uh, Wait, what about Gabriel though? I think that I feel I, like there's some intrigue there with Gabriel. I like Gabriel. I, I think it's very dependent on where he lands. You know, mm-hmm. he's a heavy RPO passer. Like that's kind of his thing. Like he stylistically, and I know it's it's a really lazy comp because he's from Hawaii. He's a short lefty. Like there are two a. Uh, parallels though there are 100 percent, and he's a great rpo passer like he makes really quick decisions he gets the ball out of his hands and honestly that offense that he was running ucf was awful for him i mean he does some nice stuff in my opinion working down the sideline at times but even then he'll short arm some balls at times throw the wrong leverage like there's just some things that are a little bit of i don't want to call them I don't want to call him deficiencies because I think that his arm is live enough, but I, I definitely think that he's not the strongest arm passer of all time. And he's got that funky little release where like he can get the ball out there, but he's just so dependent. Like if he goes to a system that is again, heavy RPO kind of lull you to sleep and then take a vertical shot outside, like I'm in, but until we know exactly where he lands, it's a big mm-hmm. question mark for me. I think the kid has some talent. I think he has a potential to go on day three because I think that he has some tools to work with. I think he's a smart kid from everything I've heard and everything I've watched him on film. He seems to be like, especially on a pre-snap, post-snap adjustments mess him up sometimes. But like, I think that he has makings at least of a backup quarterback. I like some of what Dylan Gabriel does personally. 
if he goes to a place like Ole Miss, yeah. I could definitely mm. he could be as capable as Matt Corral. And maybe that's because I mean I've talked to Ryan. Ryan and I both don't both don't think Matt Corral was exceptional this year for Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, so he could be as capable if that's a place that he's been rumored to go. But I also think there's another bigger time quarterback that might go to Ole Miss that I would prefer to see there in the portal. But um, yeah, I agree with Ryan. He could be, I think he could be a day two capable spot starter back up in the league. That I, I like it. It's it's possible, and and I I, I think the the person you referred to Corey was Cameron Ward, who of course yeah that's what I was going to say. Joe's the FCS guy, so he loves Cameron Ward, man. So. Dude, Cameron Ward, that was so crazy. It was like, okay, these are the offers you would expect an FCS guy from Cameron yeah. Ward to get. Like, oh, he's getting North Texas, he's getting Indiana, he's getting Houston, and, and then like, Ole Miss. He got Ole Miss, and it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I think he just got another big one, another power Virginia five Tech. today. Virginia Tech. Yes, he did get Virginia Tech. Hey, Lane's going big, and uh, I forget who the Virginia Tech coach is, but uh, heck, I could totally see him going to Old Miss. And I, I want to wrap up the, the quarterback. I almost wish we spent more time on the quarterback thing, and that was just the discussion for today. Joe, because- I have a take. Can we before go, before your transition? Go ahead. I have a take. Go ahead. I'm all in on Cameron Ward, man. Top 50 player whenever he comes out. Just remember I said it. Really? First. Yeah, dude. So that's what I was going to ask is like if he goes SEC or, or a power five program and he steps right in and has like a quality season, you think that he is top 50 in this class in the next class? He has size 6'3", 220, 225. It looks like a legit 6'3", 225. He's actually a pretty good athlete, man. He can do some yeah. things out of structure a little bit. And that kid's arm is live. I'm talking. He can throw the ball with anybody in college football kids aren't that angle though man his angles like the one his upper body mechanics kind of give me a little a little bit of a uh, i I tried i tried hooking him up with uh brassiope that worked with uh kenny pickett and all those dudes here in jersey but i don't know if that ever worked out but yeah it doesn't seem like it uh i want to get to the uh the other guy that was a bit of a surprise declaration and then we're gonna flip the script of surprise players to return Ryan, you put down Cam Jurgens. What are your guys' thoughts on the Nebraska offensive lineman who's listed as a sophomore, bit undersized, six foot three, two ninety, but was third team All Big Ten? Uh, thoughts on him declaring? So a- after the uh, the assumption, of course, uh, Tyler Linderbaum, first center off the board out of Iowa, like that is the assumption right now. There is a big question mark on who's the next guy because we have not seen. Jared Patterson enter yet for Notre Dame. I'm told that he's 50-50. He might come back to Notre Dame. It's very possible he comes back to Notre Dame. Ricky Stromberg, who I love out of Arkansas, I think he could have been in play for that second center potentially, maybe even first, because I do like Lenderbaum, but I do think he's a little scheme dependent. So if a team does not take him early, he might slide a little bit. Like it's it's a possibility. Those guys are not in the class as of yet. So the Cam Jurgens from Nebraska makes a little more sense, but like I, I'm going to be very honest, and Corey, I don't know if you got into his film, but like he is a good athlete. Um, I think he's similar to Linderbaum in the sense that like he is a wide zone specific center. Like he can move, he can get to the second level, he can work off field shoulders. He's he's he can reach three techs. Like he has that type of capability. He can pull out in space. Like he has some of that to him because I'm pretty sure he was a former. Defensive tight lineman end. that's that's got or tight end was he tight end mm-hmm. that's it yep so he's a former tight end that's gotten bigger you know he's a conversion guy and there's so there's things to like but man he just has no core strength right now like he just at the point of attack it's just not there for him so could he be a guy that's drafted top five just top five centers that is because he has some tools to work with I, I think it's possible because 
every year I feel like we see a guy that's, you know, overdrafted at, at center because, you know, he's, you know, he looked good in space in college, but like at the end of the day, like blocking back and in dry block situations, like he just can't get it done. If you put a, a nose head up on him, like it's, it's going to be a long day. So he just surprised me. Cause like you said, Joe, I, I think he's actually a, a junior technically, mm-hmm. but he's got the sophomore eligibility with the, with the um, extra COVID year. So like, I think he might even be, uh, might even be graduate because I think he's a redshirt junior technically, but I thought that he might be a guy that goes back just because I don't think that he is ready to make that jump. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be limited a little bit. I don't think that he's a guy that is ready to play at the NFL level, at least not in the near future, in my opinion. Yeah. Again, I I haven't dug into him, but my immediate reaction is man, Nebraska fired all those coaches. Yeah. Scott Frost had to, was probably told you need to do something. Uh, Adrian Martinez into the portal. Another one of those quarterbacks that just, I don't care about in the portal, but uh, so maybe it was just his like you know what I, I'm going to get out too, and if I'm going to get out, I'm going to I'm going to get paid. Uh, and then when we've been just we've been discussing the the one player that comes to my mind, which is both good and bad for Jurgens in this regard, is is Garrett Bradbury, another you know guy who, who played tight end, went first round because he was athletic as hell. Again, can work in those wide zone schemes, but. I think the NFL at the same regard as while they love their athletic offensive linemen, the guys who can get parallel, the guys who can get into space. I think we're seeing with Garrett Bradbury is like, you got to be able to anchor at the NFL level. Right. And Garrett Bradbury got benched as a former first round pick for the Vikings. So you got to be able to anchor at the NFL level. And you know who he reminds me of a little bit, Corey, is, is uh, Dolman that came out of Stanford last year. That's a mm. backer for the Falcons. Like, same issues, man. Like, he looks good in space, but like at, like you're saying, defenses are smart, man. Like, they, I mean, the LA Rams were running more wide zone than anybody in the NFL, and then they started seeing five-man fronts, and they would put guys head up on them, and they would just beat the shit out of them. Like, that's just how you, how you stop it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> remain gap sounds, put a body on a body, and let your linebackers flow. Like, that's how you stop the wide zone. And for me, like, that's how you negate a guy like these, you know, scheme-specific centers like the Cam Jurgens of the world. You beat them up at the point of attack, and they're going to eventually not be efficient and they're not going to be successful in that role. Same way with Nick Harris for the Browns, the Cleveland Browns. You know, Nick Harris was loved. Draft Twitter loved Nick Harris. <laughs> he fell to day three, probably, again, because he can't anchor. He's small. Tiny. The Browns had a spot starting at guard last year, got blown up, no anger whatsoever. Like, I, I, and I struggle to see how that guy's going to play in the NFL as a, as a consistent starter. Like, and, and another layer too that we didn't even talk about is that these guys that are really small scheme specific centers, where are they backing up at any guard spots? Can they back up any spots? Cause when you're a fringe guy like this, a guy that's on the roster, you have to be able to back up multiple positions. This guy, a guy like Jurgens, like, is he going to be a backup guard for you? Is he going to be a depth piece that can play multiple spots? I don't see that personally. So, so uh, flipping things around talking about guys that decided to return. I want to hit on the first one, which you alluded to a little bit, Ryan Hennon Hooker, Tennessee quarterback, decided to come back. We already talked about this a little bit, but just to wrap up the point on him, he is returning. He's going to be coming back to um, to Tennessee for his final year. And you guys mentioned that there was some possible day two hype, early day three in a class that really does not have a whole lot of talent at the quarterback position. So if somebody wanted to invest a later round pick and maybe try to develop a guy like Hendon Hooker, Uh, It could have been the class for that to really happen. He's going to be going back. He's going to be an older quarterback prospect. What are your guys' thoughts on Hooker deciding to go back? Do you think it's for the best, or do you think that it could be detrimental for his stock? 
I think he probably should have came out to be honest with you. I there's layers to it, of course, but I was here in third to fourth round capital was potential for a guy like hooker. And I mean, he's a toolsy guy that at some point, you know, college, there's some great college coaches, but at some point getting him in with NFL coaching, I think could do wonders for him. Cause like mechanically there's a lot to work on, but he does have tools. Like he's a big guy has a rifle for an arm, good athlete, a lot of nice stuff. And I, I feel like, and I know Corey's kind of done like the deep work on this. I feel like he's a relatively accurate quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like he has, that skill set, in my opinion. So I, I'm very curious too, Joe, and this is another layer, and I, we probably could have spent all this whole time on quarterbacks, honestly. Who's that guy now? Who's the guy that's going to raise up into that layer there? Devin Leary went back, who I like a little bit from NC State. He's a little bit more of a limited guy, but I think that he had mid-round potential because he had a really good season. Corey met, met, mentioned Caleb Ellaby. Caleb Ellaby, that that's the guy. guy. Like, I, Who's that mid-round quarterback? I don't know if he's there this year right now. It's Malik Willis, but he's going to go higher. what about you Corey? do you think that uh, it made sense for him to declare or not to declare rather so what i'm struggling with and again it's hard to say again because names always pop up like yeah bigly zappy popped up not a mid-round guy no not at all but like names pop up and so where i struggle is this year yeah there's no guys at the top we've discussed that ad nauseum but there's a lot of names it's kind of cloudy Next year, there's there's guys at the top, you know, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. There's guys at the top, but are there a lot of names? Not right now. I mean, and if we're talking about the toolsy guys of next year, we've got Cam Ward, cool. Jaden Daniels, Jakovic. Yeah. Outside of that, though, we're talking about Keaton Slovis, Tanner McKee, JT Daniels, Grayson McCall, DJ Uyunglele, who apparently I don't know where his eyes are at. Um, Jake Hayner, <laughs> like these are guys who it's like okay. There's a lot of work that needs there. So outside of CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Cam Ward, Phil Dracovic, maybe Jaden Daniels, if he continues to take another. I thought Jaden did some nice stuff this year, but I'm glad he went back. Yeah. Although I just mentioned a lot of names, so it sounds like it's just as murky next year. So <laughs> just under development, man. Like they, I mean, these guys missed a full offseason last year that we like we're still, and a lot of these guys missed almost a full season. So it's just there's just a lot of underdevelopment at the quarterback position. You mentioned QB play as a whole is just bad right now. NFL and college, it's just not good. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, yeah, I I don't know, man. I'm trying to figure out who that who that mid round guy is. Like, I don't know who it is. I think in most years, like you said, Malik Willis is that mid round gamble. Most years, you know, I I put like a late three on him in the summer because I'm like, I see it. It's it's like there's some tangible things but like that kid can't come in and play right now like he can't like let's be honest with him about it so just tough tough so all right continuing on with some of the other surprising names to decide to return you guys wrote down john michael schmitz the uh minnesota offensive lineman listed at six foot four 320 pounds this guy's a red shirt senior fully taking advantage of that covid eligibility going back for an eighth year or whatever it is at that point um but what are your guys thoughts on him deciding to go back i I feel bad because i think i just picked another guy that Corey probably hasn't seen but dude i'm telling you right now (laughs) i was watching daniel filele who like is such a mixed bag i'm finishing up his report tonight Mm -hmm. literally like it's such a mixed bag but like he's gonna get drafted high because he's six eight three eighty massive vines for arms but john michael schmitz is the best offensive lineman on that team right now he's not gonna get drafted higher than filele but that kid can play man like they do some stuff with him too like i feel like 
the misconception a little bit with Minnesota is like they are a downhill gap power scheme. And, and that's what, you know, they're down blocking, they're pulling, they're doing all this type of stuff. And it, it, they are to a degree, but like there are some reps where they're running outside zone. And this kid is, is good in reach situations. He's a good functional athlete. I don't think he's like, you know, we, we mentioned a little, a little bit of some of those wide zone guys like Jurgens. Like he's obviously not a Cam Jurgens, but he's also like, 30 pounds heavier. So like he shouldn't be a Cam Jurgens, but he is, in my opinion, ne- I think next year, if you were to declare it, I think he could start in the NFL. I think that he is that good. I think he was a day two center that was not flashy in any way, but he is just so physical, has solid functional athleticism, can fit into a, a variety of, of running schemes. I like John Michael Schmidt. I think that he is one of the most underrated players in the class, potentially, if he would have chosen to declare. And I don't understand why he didn't, because now he's going to be a six-year senior. He's going to be 24 by the time he declares. 24 by the time he declares. And we just talked about there's a chasm right now after Linderbaum. Who's that next guy? It could have been this kid, in my opinion. But for whatever reason, he's going back for a six-year. I, I can't make any sense of it personally. No, my biggest takeaway is that Minnesota has a chance to be older than the youngest NFL team. Tanner Morgan. Morgan going back. Mo Ibrahim going back, this guy going back. Mo Ibrahim's already 23. Oh, God. Like, this is an old football team. Yeah. It's <laughs> a really old football. I mean, they might be decent next year, you know, because they're very experienced at all. But as far as NFL draft wise, it's not. Well, that's that's the trap, know. though, that Illinois fell into this year where everyone's like, wow, look at all the super seniors going back. And they were Illinois. And well, you were a big were... Brandon Peters fan, right? Michael Brandon Peters. You love that guy. You're asking me. I don't even know who yeah, that is. The quarterback, man. You don't know oh, oh, no, no. I, I was a big fan of who's the other clown that they had. It was the Rutgers transfer. Oh, Arthur. Oh, uh, Sikowski. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's so yeah, I, can't, I can't go wrong with him. Uh, <laughs> second guy that this one was probably the most surprising in my eyes because this guy had some first round buzz. Uh, Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas, another offensive lineman deciding to go back. And I, I feel like he would have been a, a surefire top 50 pick if he decided to to declare but here he is going back to arkansas i i truly think he could have been i, I think that he could have comfortably been the second center even with patterson declaring because i think that he is again i think he's scheme diverse i really do i think patterson is too to a degree but i i think i just man i love i love stromberg's film he's he's very flexible and physical and he got a lot he got rid of a lot of bad weight on his frame from 2020 to go work into 2021 like there's so much to like about him i Again, another guy that I don't quite understand. I think for, for me, for this one, because he's a true junior, so like maybe he wants to graduate and do all that type of stuff. Also, I think next year, Arkansas is going to be a pretty good football team, potentially. They have a lot of guys coming back. Like They have a couple of those old-ass linebackers leaving, and you know there's guys that are always going to leave at times. But I, I think Arkansas, you know, Traylon Burks is going to be out. But you have another year of K.J. Jefferson, who might be a name next year. He's a little, he's a little mechanical, but like – He's a big athletic kid. So like maybe he's a guy that gets pushed up just because of we're talking about middling and muddy and all that type of stuff. So we'll see on him. But I think that he might think that they are in a good spot next year. They, he wants to end off on a good note because they flashed a lot of potential in the SEC this year. Maybe that's the reason from an NFL draft perspective. I think, like you said, Joe, I think he was a safe top 50 pick and at worst the second center off the board, I think potentially. So that one, I, I feel like, maybe he's the first center next year. Maybe he's the first round pick, but uh, it's just a little bit of a tough call. So that one has layers. That one has up, you know, that one has positives and negatives, but I thought that he was going to be a guy that would declare. So Mm -hmm. I I just think Sam Pittman's such a player's coach that true again, where you're talking about Arkansas can be a good football team next year. 
Um, it makes sense uh, that they might want to see where it goes. Uh, again, Traylon Burks leaving is, is big. I mean, that's obviously their main weapon, but um, it doesn't make sense to me. If I had the choice to be like, oh, I could be the second guy this year, third guy this year, the first guy next year. Although the difference in a second round pick and a top 32 pick as far as guaranteed money goes to the NFL is kind of a big deal. Um, so I, I can kind of see it. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I think they just realized Sam Pittman's building something down there. And without Traylon in the building, Joe, it's going to be like it's going to be like freshman or JV football next year. It's going to be KJ keep left, KJ keep right. <laughs> That's just going to be the offense. Next year. And uh, I'm also not surprising that an offensive lineman decides to come back with Sam Pittman as the head coach. Like that's that's not too surprising considering the the type of uh, coach that we know that he is. Last player, bit surprising for you guys, Amari Gainer, linebacker from Florida State, redshirt sophomore, six foot three, two thirty seven. Considering how bad Florida State is uh, and the, the turmoil that they're going through, I'm not sure if you guys saw the 6,000-person Twitter space that was titled Fire Mike Norvell. Did you guys hop in that at all? That was hilarious. I, I, did, not. I, I did, man. Every sentence started with uh, with Fire Mike Norvell. It was pretty hysterical. They, yeah, they, you, weren't allowed to, you weren't allowed to talk unless you said Fire Mike Norvell and, and, uh, and then you pitched whatever you had to say. That was a very interesting conversation. But besides the point, that – the whole program is in shambles. They couldn't beat Jacksonville State. They had a little bit of a surge at the end. What surprises you about Gaynor deciding to uh, to go back, and where might have he fit in this um, in this class? Well, I put Gainer in there. Uh, real quick note about the about the uh, the Twitter space. There was actually a Miami fan that came off of off of uh, mute as a speaker at one point, and then they cut him off and they like kicked him out because he's like, <laughs> I actually think that Mike Norvell is a great coach. He's doing a great job at Florida State. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It was great. Um, but so Amari Gaynor, I watched him in the summer. I didn't write up an official report, but I had my notes on him. I liked a lot of what Amari Gaynor is. He's a big phys- – he reminded me of Nigel Bradham, which is like a, a, a lazy comp because he went to Florida State, whatever. But length, physicality, kind of a guy that is between Mike Sam, like he's that type of dude. I don't. I, I think that he has good explosion. So like he could do some things in pursuit as a will, but like, I think he's on the front side of runs. Like he's a guy that they would bring up on ball a lot and let him play on the edge as like a true on ball Sam. So there's a lot to like, in my opinion, I think he's going to test really well. I guarantee he runs like four, five high, four, six low. Like I think that he's a legit athlete at 240 pounds. So there's a lot to like. I, my main reason for this is Linebacker class gets a little murky again. We keep talking about murky after the first couple guys. We have, you know, the uh, uh, the Georgia uh, kids. You know, uh, what what? How good are they actually? Like Nicobe Dean's talking first round hype. I'm a little hesitant on that one, but I think he has a chance to go there. Devin Lloyd's going to go very early at this point. He might be a top twenty player. So after that, though, there's a lot of <clears throat> question marks, a lot of guys, a lot of names. But like, who's the next guy? I don't think that he would have been like the third linebacker off the board, but I think he could have been a mid-round selection potentially and and the main reason that this he's in this category for me is why are you returning to florida state like that yeah. is my biggest thing yeah. like i it, it is nothing because i do think that he can get better i don't think that he's the best version of himself so he can increase his draft stock there's no there's no question but we've seen guys return to florida state over the last few years and not help themselves happens, at yeah. all marvin wilson and josh kando and all these guys that had some preseason hype None of them helped themselves. I think the only one that I can think of is Asante Samuel Jr. Hampson Nasserol Dean ended up going like in the sixth round. Like they, none of these guys helped themselves. So why would you go back? For me, it, I I would have preferred it if he was like, I'm going to go back. 
but I'm entering the portal. I'm going to get to a good spot for a year, develop with a good coaching staff. I, I just, I, I just don't think that going back to Florida State was the right move for him. Yeah, my big thing is how big of a market is there in the NFL draft for Sam linebackers? So unless, unless he thought, or unless he was told, hey, you're going to get a new role next year make you more desirable. But again, how much more desirable can you get at Florida State? How much more desirable does Florida State, does Florida State get? So, but, th- but that was my initial feeling is that as the, the NFL is growing towards becoming more reliant on the pass and nickel is becoming more base than anything. Yeah. How desirable is a, is a Sam linebacker? Well, uh, and I, but I uh, also Corey, and just to add, because it's a great point. I mean, we talked, there's just two linebackers on the field, you know, plus over 50% of the snaps now, like that's just the reality. We closer to 70, I think 75, I think is the number if I, if I have it correct. But I, I think that the, the biggest, another big layer to me being very curious on why he goes back is because Florida state has misused him. In my opinion, playing him in that sand role, playing him on ball. I think he has Mike traits. Like I think he can be a Mike at the next level. So that's another big thing is for me is like, our, unless like you said, they're like, no, next year you're our true Mike. You're going to be in the middle of the defense. You're going to be setting everybody up. You're going to be that communicator. Like if that's his role, then I get it a little more, but if they use him, to, if I turn on the film next year and he's playing on ball, Sam, with how he is stylistic, because that dude ain't rushing the quarterback. This is not, this is not that type of guy. I'm going to be very disappointed in why he chose to come back. Fair enough. Well, I think that's a good note to wrap us up on. The cycle is going to be heating up more and more each week, so we're going to be coming at you with more buzz and news uh, regarding anything that's happening with the draft class. Also expect some more intriguing interviews coming your way each week as you remember last class, we had some pretty big names on uh, during that period, so stay tuned for that. Follow us on social media at NFL Prospects Pod. Follow me at Joe DeLeon, Ryan at Rise and Draft, and then follow Corey at Real Corey Kinnan, spelled K-I-N-N-A-N. Uh, be sure to hit subscribe wherever you are listening. If it's on YouTube, hit subscribe or whatever audio platform that you are tuning in on. And also head to RiseandDraft.com for fantastic NFL draft analysis and an amazing database for all the prospect information that you need. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.